The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited to have you join us today while we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. My goodness. Can you imagine just taking that in, just being in that space of peace every day? Well, I'm here to tell you that, yes, it's possible. Yes, you can achieve it. And yes, you do deserve it. Listen, we work together here on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And today is no exceptions. I tell you, the guests are just fabulous. Today, we have a wonderful guest for you today. Guru Ganesha is the personification of personal growth and perpetual development. He practices Kudalini Yoga and Meditation Mastery Daily. He has he is the co-owner of Conscious Selling, where he has trained literally thousands of individuals and corporations in the selling of high tech. And I'm not a technology person, guys. You know that I have to be excited about this guest to be so jazzed because for me, turning on a computer is a big deal. But I've worked in the healthcare industry as a doctor of pharmacy for 30 years. And in that position, in that role, 30 years, I've done everything from own my own drugstores to practice and hospitals and lead, be a director of hospitals to being a consultant. And I've never had a role where I wasn't asked to sell something, either an idea, something, you know, and selling. I've been a mom for 19 years. I've been a wife for 24 years. Every part of my life involves some type of selling. And I've been a consumer all my life. And I know whether it's high tech or whether it's just my cell phone, when I go in to purchase something, I want to feel as though this is going to be a win-win situation for both myself 
and the person selling it to me. I want to know that I'm going to pay a fair price. I don't want to rip them off, but I don't want to be sold more than what I need. I don't want to pay more than what I need to pay. I'm sure you guys are just like that. We want it to be a fair and equitable exchange. So with that being said, when I heard the term conscious selling, I was jazzed. I was all over that. And I'm super excited to introduce to you all today, Guru Ganesha. Welcome to Everyday Peace. We're glad you're here. Thank you so much. I feel very honored to be on your show. Oh, you're so sweet. And I want to tell you that I'm just excited and fascinated by you. You, I've been listening to your band. You have a band. You're just, I told you before we came on, like a renaissance man. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this music. So before we get into selling, just tell us a little bit about who Guru Ganesha is. Like all that you are. I know we could just take up a whole hour, but give us a quick synopsis of who you are and how you came across this concept of conscious selling. Well, you know, I was born in 1950, which makes me 69 years old right now. And uh, my father was Russian Jewish ancestry. My mother was Irish Catholic. And I joke when I get in front of a group to deliver a sales training seminar because I'm a very unconventional looking guy. I've, uh, I wear a, a turban and I've had a full beard now for about 47 years. And, uh, you know, we live in a world of stereotypes. Like Salesforce. uh, There's definitely a stereotype for men with beards and turbans. So, but when I I get in front of a group, uh, uh, I have a moment where I have everybody's full attention. So I like to joke. I say, generally, when I get in front of a group, first thing people want to know is, uh, Guru Ganesha, what's with the turban and the beard? You sound like... You're from Brooklyn. And I say, what you got to understand is my father's Russian Jewish ancestry. My mother's Irish Catholic. This is what happens when you mix Jews and Catholics. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they all laugh and they relax and they realize, oh, okay, maybe, uh, maybe there's something more here than my stereotype, right? And, uh, but for me, it's been a long journey to, I, I believe that our actions in life are a manifestation of beliefs. And my journey brought me to the point where I started to believe that the whole universe was one divine interconnected energy. Uh, you know, it's called oneness. And there have been some great teachers throughout history that taught oneness, that the other person is you. And, uh, and once I realized that, you know, and in large part, I started believing that because I played acid rock in college. I had an acid rock band and my, uh, you know, my idols in life were the Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead. And uh, being an acid rock band, we tried to, you know, uh, live up to the genre, even in rehearsal. So from 68 to 72, I, you know, I'm not saying I did myself a great service, but I probably had about 150 to 200 LSD trips until my soul was crying out. This is 1972. I'm 21, 22 years old and saying, hey, man, you better find an alternative way to feel uplifted, to feel connected, or you're going to die. And that's when I ran into this great yogi from India named Yogi Bhajan, who happened to be of the Sikh path, 
but he was he, he brought uh, the teachings of Kundalini Yoga and meditation to the West because his teacher told him a whole generation of young people were destroying their nervous systems with drugs, and he should bring them this technology of yoga and meditation so they become whole again. And I dove into that as deeply as I did the LSD, and it really brought me back. And uh, But I had a similar experience with both the LSD and Kundalini Yoga, that there's this elect- electric current that runs through everything and everybody, and that we're all one. And um, I can't prove that, but I believe it, you know, in every fiber of my being. And as a result, I had to make a decision if I believed in oneness. Do I trust the one or do I not trust the one? And I made a choice. This was many years ago, and I have to reinforce that on an ongoing basis, that I trust the goodness of of the universe and the light and goodness that's in every heart of every human being, all 7.7 billion of us. So that's who I am, a believer in the goodness of humanity. And I find and that exciting. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear more. All right, fine. I forgot that the original question was about con- uh, conscious selling. And, uh, uh, you know, I got into business uh, because uh, as a young man, I got married, started having children. And, uh, you know, there, was, uh, they, there wasn't a, 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 a Most musicians don't make a lot of money. So I had to get a day job, too. And I got into sales. And um, I did well in sales in the 70s. I was a manufacturer's rep for a bunch of different lines of footwear. They called me the shoe guru because I was wearing a turban and a beard at the time. (laughs) In the 80s, I was hired by a company that sold, you know, very sophisticated uh, uh, um, uh, computerized retail management system to retailers. And we moved people from cash registers, primarily shoe stores, clothing stores, sporting goods, to using a computer terminal at point of sale, point of sale, so they got more information. And then, but I, I was exposed to a sales methodology back then that was that really encouraged you, uh, encouraged you to listen. But uh, you know, uh, in any event. Uh, uh, in 1989, I started my own sales training company. At the time, it was for a... I, I, I did very well selling computerized retail management systems in a conscious way, and then started my own sales training company in 89. And the essence of it is that as a professional salesperson, your intention when you meet a prospective client is not to make a sale. Let me repeat. Your intention ought not to be make a sale, to make a sale. Your intention ought to be to only do business if you and the prospective client are truly convinced it's the right thing to do, that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a win-win for both sides and that the prospective client would get a great return on their investment. So uh, approaching it that way, and I would let my prospective client know that right out of the gate by telling them, so look, I don't know yet if what we do is right for you, but with your permission, I'd like to take the first half of the meeting and really understand what's going on in your world, in the areas where we may potentially be of help. 
And we would proceed. I would, uh, and this is what I teach. You take the first half hour, 45 minutes, and, uh, and really get to understand what's working, what's not working, what's important, what's not important, what the prospective client's vision is, where do they want to be a year from now, three years from now. And uh, during that process, it's, it's, it's what a good doctor does. It's an examination, and you're making a determination. Ah, do I believe that I can be of service to this person? Do I believe that this person will get a great result if they invest in me, my services, or my product? Do I believe it's in the best interest of my client? And when you approach things this way and you let people know right out of the gate that, hey, you don't know yet. You don't know yet if you're right for them. That the walls come down because, as you know, Drayvon, everybody's had a bad experience at one point in their life with a seller. Fair? Have you ever, uh, uh, you buy things, correct? I started off by saying that exact thing. We've all walked into it. You know, you hate to pick on, on car salesmen because we all drive cars and they're such wonderful people and they're so useful. But, you know, they have just gotten this tag and, we, and we've been using it forever, at least in my lifetime. But I know when I when I buy cars, I, I'm always thinking to myself, oh, you know, read as much as I can, understand as much as I can, because when I get in there, this person's goal is to sell me the cheapest car for the highest price. And, my, you know, See, so you, you're thinking, yeah. And, so, and you know, you have that apprehension. Because, I'm sorry, I was going to say because, so you've had one or more unpleasant experiences with a seller. And as a result, there's probably a good chance that you're carrying around this negative stereotype of the typical pushy, obnoxious, self-serving salesperson, right? So all, when you're in a buyer-seller interaction, all they have to do is in any way, manner, or form resemble that negative stereotype, and then the defenses go up, correct? Correct. And then it's over because life and business and being successful and being peaceful is all about being truly trustworthy. You know, they talk about in sales, well, the key is you've got to build trust. Well, I think you and I both know the best way to build trust is to truly be trustworthy. And that not is to transmit, right. right? And not to transmit neediness. Yeah, you because know, if, I think... If my salesperson is transmitting neediness, then all of a sudden I'm, I'm like, wait a second. I don't think they... I think they care more about transferring money from my pocket to their pocket than in serving me and helping me with my problem. Absolutely. Because you realize that when you, it's the exact opposite of what you've been talking about. You start off by saying, you know, find out if what you're selling is a good match for the consumer. You know, I don't know yet. You don't know yet. But if you come off as being, I need to make the, I need to hit this sales quota. Or, and I know selling right. has changed a lot. Thanks to people like yourself, it's really changed a lot for, even for the salespeople who do it. I remember uh, many, many years ago, and, and this is not to say anything negative about any sales approach. I would be the last person who would be credentialed enough to do that. But I read a book called The One Minute Sales 
man as since changed title, I think is now the one minute salesperson. And I remember that was so many years ago as I had bought a drugstore back in the nineties or was it the nineties? Yeah. Nineties. And one of the things that came across to me in that book too, was that to make sure that what I was offering was what the people needed because, and yeah. to be a better, better listener than I was a talker because I was, and I tell you this, I, I've always been a bit of an introvert. People tell me they can't tell, but I guess, you know, <laughs> I rise to the occasion, but uh, I wanted to know, are there magic words that I need to say to make this drugstore a success? And I realized from reading that book, it was really just being a magical person who really wants to help other people. The drugstore did go on to become a huge success and we sold it to a chain, yeah. but it really is just being the type of personality where you really want to see others do well. And it's going back and drawing on that initial principle that you brought up, which I believe in a 100%. I, I say it this way. I say we're all cut from the same cloth is that we're, there's this oneness in us. There is this oneness. So I can't yeah. do you harm without actually hurting myself. It, it's, there's no disconnect between you and I, we are the same people embodied in different bodies, but we come from the same, same tap root, if you will. So that part of selling that, that humanness that's coming about, or maybe it's been there all along, you know, one or two bad apples and we kind of characterize a whole industry by that. But this awareness, I think that you bring with your company, conscious selling of, I don't know yet. It's refreshing. I don't know you. We're going to talk. We're going to get familiar. You're going to see how, you know, because part of the process is how you feel in my presence too, whether or not you can trust me. Because definitely if I walk in that room and into that arena and I let you know that I really, I got to meet this quota. I got to meet this quota. So you're leaving here with something tonight and the bigger, the better for me. That's not going to build a good trust relationship. Exactly. In fact, uh, you know, one of the things that I teach is the, uh, how to become a great facilitator. Because the typical salesperson is what I call a convincer. It doesn't matter where they are in the process. If you are just listening to one side of the conversation, the seller always sounds like they're selling. And uh, what they really need to do is be facilitating a, a process whereby kind of a 180-degree role reversal occurs where if you are just a third party kind of watching uh, the buyer-seller interaction, there's strange, strange role reversal uh, 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 will have occurred whereby it seems like it's the prospective client convincing the seller not only that they have needs for something the seller's selling, but that finding a better way is a high priority to their business and to them personally. So, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 most sellers are end up leaving the business because it's such a frustrating business. They're always more committed than the buyer is to the next step. So when appointments get canceled and things like that, it's almost always the buyer, not the seller. So I teach people a sales process whereby every step of the way there's a mutual level of commitment. There's mutual, uh, a mutual agreement every step of the way. Mutual respect is built very different than the traditional approach in the West. It's more Eastern. 
And, and I don't you mean say... Eastern U.S. No, I know you don't. Would you say that most of this came from your experience with this yogi? This this is how you connected with this part of yourself uh, it, that it that it may have been, and I'm I'm going out on a limb here, but I kind of believe that all of us have this part. We're all whole, and this is part of us. This what you're talking yeah. about here. This humane part of us. Uh, it just needs to be tapped in, and we need to feel safe in that space. You know, instead of in the dog eat dog kind of environment that a lot of uh, people, not just salespeople, just in, across the industry. I work in healthcare, and you can see it there as well. Um, very aggressive, very competitive uh, type of. Um, environment but would you say that this sort of mutual agreement came from your experience with this yogi and studying there yes because you know he taught us how to kind of take a deep dive inward through meditate yoga and meditation to connect up with you know what he calls the soul and the soul i believe is something that each of us has and that each soul is connected to a kind of an ocean of souls and that part of the self is not afraid. That part of the self trusts. That, you know, in, in, on, on, in my path, I believe that the soul, that part that animates the body, lives forever. Even though the body doesn't live forever, that the soul moves on to a different realm based on what it needs, you know, and based on how you lived your life. So just, uh, you know, and I can't prove that, uh, you know, that your soul goes somewhere else. I, I was just at a cremation yesterday, this young man in our community, beautiful young man, 44 years old, a uh, 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 beloved father of two, beloved husband, third grade teacher, and the whole town is going to have a big memorial in January. He was so beloved. He was a yogi, and the kids loved him. And uh, But um, just... Uh, on his way to work Thursday morning, 7.30 a.m. in Massachusetts, on, you know, in Massachusetts, a lot of these two-lane highways, he's driving on one side, another car hit some black ice, but it was in a, uh, it was in a big Volvo pickup truck, and it slid over and just, you know, in a split second, hit his car and killed him. Now, you never know in life, right? You know, nobody right. thinks that you're going to... You got to hold your, the people that you love tight. But uh, when I was there, the community, the belief in the community is that his soul is moving on to a greater place. So the, even though we were all in a state of shock at his departure, it was, there was a lot of joy in the ceremony, a lot of singing in the ceremony, because we believe he's moved on to a better place, you know, and and also we believe that grieving is such a beautiful thing because it's just another form of deep love. And, yeah. and uh, so in any event, it was, it was the whole day, whereas you would, people would say, boy, that must have been a hard day. And I said, in fact, I feel totally uplifted. My soul feels so nourished. And I, I missed this young man. He was my son's best friend. And uh, I felt, you know, he was my spiritual beloved nephew. But I also have this good feeling. I feel like his soul is still there, you know, and he's, and, and he's uh, wherever he is, he's kind of helping out. But I can't prove that, but that, you know, actions are manifestation of belief. So when you, you know, I, I was listening to one of your podcasts, Rayvon, 
and you talked about Norman Vincent Peale, the book. The, that was really instrumental in my life, too. I read it as wow. a young man of 22. And I really think that, you know, that uh, uh, we, we can gain control over our attitude and how we see things. And uh, we have that freedom, although sometimes it doesn't feel that way, right? For certain people, they feel trapped in this kind of, uh, you know, in their perspective of, you called it victimhood. But I feel there's a way to help people out of that mindset into a, 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 a more victorious mindset. Because you're ultimately, you either have a, a winning mindset that delivers uh, uh, spiritual victories, if not material victories, or you have a, you know, the, it's easy to fall into this mindset that you're being victimized, even by God. Oh my goodness, especially by God, because he can't fight, you know, he can't argue back with you, right? So you get, you blame everything on God. You know, I think, you know, I don't know if you remember Red Fox, he's blame everything on the devil, right? Oh no, it wasn't Red Fox, it was um, the other comedian, he's blame everything on the devil. But uh, so, and, and I want to go back to a point, two things that you said, uh, grieving is another form of deep love. I love that. I've never heard it said quite that way, but it, it resonates with me that grief is another form of deep love. And as we talk about selling, and I believe, and I, I'm, I get the sense from, you know, studying and reading about you, that this whole, even the selling pr process, especially the selling process for, our, for the purposes of our conversation today, is all rooted in love. Because from that platform, so, yeah. from from love, you know, when I when I come into this environment, when you come into this environment, just just with love, with no expectations, even when it comes to selling, knowing that there is no lack in the universe, that if we come wanting to wanting to serve, we will yes. then be served, right? That's how you make a sale, and that's how and that's how you make a customer for life, right? Is because because when yes. they right, yeah. That's it. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. When I say, go I, ahead. I was going to say when you, when you have this deep sense of connection with your soul, then you all you also you know you know you have this deep sense that you're going to be okay whether you make the sale or not. The universe has got your back. You know. Now, once again, I can't prove it, but I tell you what: since I started believing it. The universe has sure got my back. And I believe that God, whatever you want to call this divine energy, God, Jesus, whatever you want to call it, I believe it to be a benevolent force. Even though our, our minds sometimes try to tell us that it isn't, I truly, in my heart of hearts, and believe that God is a benevolent force. Oh my gosh, so do I. And I and I want to just, just say too, I, I don't really mind what anyone calls it. I don't think we could get, you know, lose sight of the real thing over a few words. But a lot of times people preach fear because of their own life experience, because their eyes are on the wrong thing. They're focusing on the wrong thing. We're going to come right back. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. I, I am so excited about the information that you're giving. And I know that our listeners are learning a lot about how to reorganize their idea about sales right back after this commercial break.
We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace. We are talking about conscious selling today. We're just talking about conscious living. And if you happen to do sales, and I believe everybody does some form of sales, it may not be high tech sales, but we're always trying to get our ideas across, trying to influence our family for the good, our community. And we have with us today, Guru Ganesha, who is the guru of conscious selling. So I'm so excited. We were talking about during the break about just everything, but we talked about truly caring, truly caring about the people that you come to serve. You know, when you, when you talk about your clients or your potential clients, your potential customers, those are people that you kind of came to serve. And, you know, we're not talking about religious religion today, but I'm reminded when I say that, that there's this point in the Bible, and I'm sure it exists in many other uh, references of books, but where Jesus says that um, the greatest among you is the least among you, and that he came to serve, not to be served, right? And so you think when you get into the presence of a salesperson, right, really think about that relationship, that individual has come to meet a need. He or she has come to serve you. And so they're best able to do that by establishing relationship, establishing relationship whereby you can have, you know, you feel safe to disclose what it is that you need, things that you, you know, may may not want your competitor to know where your weaknesses are and your vulnerabilities are. But with this individual who has come to serve, you want to be, yes. you want to feel that type of intimacy where I can tell you this. And I wanted to say this, I, I was t- saying during the break, I, I lead a, a small team at work and we are in the healthcare industry. And as the leader, no, I, I can tell you as a leader, you feel absolutely like a server and a servant and, and some, you know, and maybe a lot of other things, but sometimes I go home at night and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh my goodness, this is what we need. This is it. You know, how to make it better for my team, how to make it better for the hospital, how to make it more efficient. Because that service mindset is making sure or wanting to make sure as much as humanly possible that the people you're serving are getting the best deal, the best relationship that this, and it's it's balanced. You want to be there. You want to serve them. You're enjoying their presence and they're enjoying yours too. So we're talking about truly caring, truly caring about the other person. How do you teach that? Well, first you, you have to teach people, especially salespeople, the power of listening. I mean, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. So I always uh, strongly recommend that, it's, it's, you know, I, I, my company primarily trains tech companies. And, for example, some of the biggest, most successful companies in the world, we've, uh, uh, I've personally been training a company called Salesforce based in San Francisco for the last 11 years. I've trained thousands and thousands of their salespeople. They're one of the fastest-growing tech companies in history. And... Um, uh, interestingly enough, when when and they hire a lot of young people, bright people out of college, uh, with great personalities. But 
you give them a uh, a uh, a quota and uh, you know a, a a line of products or solutions and they they typically morph into an unrecognizable creature and because uh, they think sales they got to go out there and grab people by the lapels and convince them to buy their solutions which is the exact 180 degrees from what uh, from what they should be doing Hmm. And, and uh, I teach them the key is your intention. What is your real intention? Not, and not just come up with some intention that you can tell a prospective client so that they can go, oh, this person is trustworthy. I mean to really mean it. And the best intention to have, and I tell my prospective clients, even in, you know, I, I get uh, CEOs, VPs of worldwide sales for companies called me up. And they've heard about me, and they've heard about our company, and uh, and I'll tell them right out of the gate and say, "Hey, look, I even though I know you've heard good things about me, I only want us to consider doing business if after we've had done some due diligence, we're both convinced it's truly the right thing to do, and 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 you're convinced that you'll." It not only will work, but that you'll get a good return on investment. If that doesn't happen, we should shake hands and part friends. And, you know, when you say that to somebody with, with, from your heart with total sincerity, the walls drop, you know. And that, that six feet of reinforced steel that surrounds people when they don't trust a seller just falls away. And then I always then at that point, I, I train salespeople now. You got to you got to take at least thirty, forty-five minutes, especially in the world we're in, where most of my clients sell complex, big-dollar technical solutions, business to business. They sell other businesses their technical solutions that the average consumer doesn't hear much about. But this is all the backroom stuff that powers all the most uh, successful companies in the world. You know. And uh, the way you do it is by being the best listener. Because if a person feels not only listened to, but they truly feel understood, and they feel that you actually care, this is not just a technique, you care about doing what's right. even, Even if you tell them, that you don't believe you've got the right solution for them, they won't let you leave. It's it's uncanny. So that's why it's so important to me that people have the right consciousness because this kind of approach could be misused to manipulate people too. That's why I ah. teach you know, I teach meditation in the classes because I want people to get in touch with that that part of themselves that's not needy and not afraid. But that's where you got to come. That's that's the way you become a great caregiver, is you're not thinking about your own needs. And oh, you know, the I, I want to stop. I want to just... Yeah, no, go ahead, please. I want to interrupt you right there because that point deserves a little unpacking, because we know we live in a heightened sense of anxiety, if you will, because fear is the 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 thing that 
industries peddle the most, you know, and our and and this is no slight against the media, yeah. but we peddle fear. You know, if you, I'm an, I'm a pharmacist. You watch a commercial, watch television for five ten minutes, and it's, you know, do you have ringing in your ear? Do you blink? <laughs> you know, we peddle fear, and so and because of that, we reinforce neediness and fear. So yeah. you teach a meditation to yours to people who are fortunate enough to get a little bit of your time and be in your in your sales force. You teach them meditation to reduce or eliminate neediness and fear. And I gotta yes. ask and the way what I is what does that, that what does that look like? What does that sound like? <laughs> well I call it the one minute breath. Because one of the things that you'll notice if uh, when you're breathing normally, you're taking 12 to 16 breaths per minute. When you're feeling stressed and afraid and uh, you're feeling a- anxiety, your breath rate moves up to 20 to 30 breaths per minute and you're breathing more shallow. Now, when you're really panicking, you can be like, <sighs> you know, breathing, you know, 30 or more times per minute. Now, what I do is I take people five, 10 minutes. And I teach them how to breathe very consciously, long, slow, deep inhale, hold the breath for 10, 15 seconds, long, slow, exhale. Over time, your inhale takes longer and is deeper. You're able to hold the breath longer, like some swimmers can hold their breath for two minutes. But we want to get to the point where your inhale maybe is 10 seconds, you're holding the breath for about 35, 40 seconds, and then your exhale, 10, 15 seconds. When you can get your rate of breathing down from the normal 12 to 16 down to where you're taking fewer than five breaths per minute, you enter into this deeply peaceful place. And you start to also feel connected with a part of yourself that normally you're not connected with. I like to call it your soul. Because at the core of each of us is this incredible, I, I believe there's light brighter than a thousand suns. I believe you have this incredible guru sitting inside your own heart that's transmitting wisdom and guidance 7 by 24 by 365. You just have to access her. And, uh, and it's amazing. I've got some of these salespeople uh they call me and they say, Ganesh, you won't believe it. I had a really important sales call. I was feeling very nervous, very anxious. I noticed my breath was rapid. I did the meditation in the car for five minutes before I walked in the door. And I just felt, you know, fully present for the other person the entire meeting. And, 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 and all of a sudden, my mind was quieter. Because that's the other thing that happens. Normally, your mind is producing many thoughts per millisecond. Well, when you get your breath rate slowed down and you're breathing more deeply and you're stretching the lung tissue, and after a while you start to feel like your lungs extend down below your navel point, it is totally transformational. And the other person feels it too. Now, some people think, oh, this is, uh, you know, uh, you can't prove this, but they've actually proved that we have an aura that surrounds the physical body. 
that can't be seen with the normal naked eye, but there's a type of photography called Curlian photography that can see, and the aura ranges anywhere from one inch to nine feet of, 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 of a very subtle energy surrounding the physical body. And uh, when, when you meditate and do yoga, the, that aura, that field of energy expands and gets stronger. And when somebody walks into the room that has that kind of presence, you know, because the most important thing in life is your presence. When you walk in a room, do, feel, do people feel uplifted just without you even saying a word? Because they feel the goodness of the energy that surrounds you and that's inside you? Or are they uncomfortable? So we work on some subtle things that uh, is very esoteric in the mainstream business circles, but it's becoming more widely accepted. For example, the CEO of uh, Salesforce is a, is a gentleman who's getting a lot of renown of late uh, named Mark Benioff. And uh, he has a beautiful house in San Francisco. He has Buddhist monks living in there. He has his senior management team come over to his house for meetings, and they meditate. He has one of the Buddhist monks lead a meditation before their senior management meetings. So there, if you'll notice, Salesforce, they're making beautifully conscious decisions. They're supporting all sorts of philanthropic projects. They're building hospitals. They make it a requirement that uh, their salespeople uh, invest at least two, three, four hours a month that they get paid for, you know, actually physically serving in a, in a, in a uh, philanthropic, you know, a free kitchen or some kind of work that just selflessly helps others. So things are shifting. I know it doesn't appear that way because we have kind of an unstable dude in the White House, but uh, that's been a wake-up too. So things are shifting. I believe that it's okay to feel hopeful, you know, because oh, sometimes yes. right, before, right before the light right, is this, it, you know what, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., that's when it's the darkest. I think that's where we are right now as a country. And, uh, you know, Don, is, uh, it's about to happen. I mean, so many wonderful people are out there fighting for what's right, for goodness, for living for each other not just at each other or taking advantage of each other, living, truly living for each other. And that's what I hope ends up in the White House in 2020, is someone who's truly committed and cares about everybody, and not just the people in the U.S., everybody all over the world. Right. And, and you know, so you are saying... Political on you, right? No, no, you're seeing so many universal truths. You know, I almost want to call them you know, my grandmother's truths because everything that you're saying resonates on such a level with me. And I'm sure many of our listeners can find a spot in their own in their own journey where they say, yeah, I've heard that before, that we don't need proof of that. We just know that it is because so many people are saying the same thing. You know, I go back to, you know, this, this the soul this flesh, this body that we live in, it's just a, it's just a car, if you will. You know, the people, the soul that's inside of it, when this car stops running, <laughs> go on to another experience. Yeah. And uh, so that's just how it is. But I love this, this deep breath thing here. And I'll tell you, I've been trying off and on this practice. So now I'm going to commit because I'm, I'm just so there listening to you is so rhythmic and it's, it's just really resonating with me. And this, 
I can say from my own personal experiences, and of course, I'm not up to, I just want to recap here, 10 seconds of a slow inhale, you know, I think you said 35 seconds, um, well, no, 10 yeah, to 15. you got to build up to that. Yeah. You yeah. Hold, uh, <laughs> in the beginning, in the beginning, do, do 10, 8, 10, 8, or something like that, and then you'll see, you'll now your own intuition will know. And you'll gradually, because the idea is you try to slow and deepen things over time, not just right out of the gate holding the breath for two minutes, you know, you'll pass out. But if first cycle, you hold the breath 10 seconds, second cycle, 12 seconds, third breath cycle, maybe 15 seconds, you'll see over time, you build up to the point where one full inhale, hold, exhale will take a minute or longer. And then if you can do that for five, 10 minutes, my God, it's better than uh, any uh, any kind of uh, you know uh, substance you could take into your body. I mean, and that's where I was going to go with this. I wanted to. That's yeah. what I wanted to say right here. And uh, you know, I want listeners to really. There are some things that we can do to organically induce the states that we exogenously we you know we take you know, i'm a pharmacist i keep going back to that so I, i'm not saying anything negative if you need to take something for a little anxiety i'm, I'm definitely not speaking against that definitely follow the the uh, guidance of your healthcare professional but help yourself along to do those things which are totally free and without side effect if practiced properly. And this deep breathing is one of those things. I just want to tell you from my own experience, this deep breathing, it will immediately, you know, those voices you said they're in the right hemisphere of your brain. Sometimes I think sometimes in my brain, they want to take front, they want to take front and center. They really do. And I really do use this deep breathing. You know, I, I do these techniques and I, it, it's almost magical, if you will, how the, it just subsides and you go to this place deep within you, this well within you that already knows the answer, that already knows that everything is okay, that already knows that you will not live or die by the outcome of this, whatever this is, whatever this is, that there's this space inside of, you know, your body, inside of my scared little body that knows already there's Drayvon. Hey, there's nothing to be fearful about. Fear not. I got this. If you just visit more often, you'd know this. So you, this deep breathing allows us to do that. It allows us to reconnect. And then you walk into your place of business, your cell. And I'm going to talk for all the moms out there. You know, you walk into your kid's school and, you know, I, I got a teenager and one in college. I've had to have some school meetings over my, over their lifetime where I'm saying to myself, I, I can't do it. I don't have the, I don't have the courage to go in here and say what needs to be said. But when you do this deep breathing, there's a part of you that just connects and puts you automatically in this service mindset where you know that you come to do good and you know and it just rearranges it's a game changer it really is a game changer so we have a, we got like eight minutes left but i want to talk about a couple other things that are all yeah i could talk to you for two weeks and we'd still have stuff to say because I, I we haven't even hit on this tremendous music that you do but <laughs> But well, by the so way, much... Drayvon, what you, what you just described, a beautiful description of what that kind of breathing meditation can deliver, you know, in real life, you know, because in, and then you're so much more fully present for everybody. 
And they're like, wow, this person is really here. You know how sometimes you're with somebody and you're like, you feel like, you know, kind of going, hey, hey, are you there? Are you with me? You are really fully present when you do this for the other person. Because you see them as a total miracle. Yes. And and I wanted to stay there for a quick second. Because when you do this breathing technique, even if you are so flawed at it, like Drayvon is, I want to tell you, when you do, you'll realize how much you hide. And I'm talking from a personal perspective perspective how much i would enter into situations hoping just maybe you wouldn't see me (laughs) and so and that's right and and that's the direct opposite of being fully present right you walk in and i you know and and i'm talking i've I've been doing presentations and consulting for 30 some years and i'm well i'm the i'm the speaker and i and i realized that when i'm doing when i started doing this deep connecting and breathing that i had done things for years where I was not fully present. In fact, I was walking in hoping that you wouldn't see the speaker. <laughs> you just kind of would miss me. <laughs> and that's not the way you want to walk into a sales presentation. And I can tell you, I walk, I, I know I walked into sales presentations like that before I started showing, making a conscious effort of saying, I want to be present with all of my flaws, with, with all of my, I'm not really sure. And I don't know my, my my favorite phrases. I'm not really sure about that. I don't know. I'll have to get back to you, right? And realizing that that's okay to be that place. That's human. That's human. Who walks in and knows yeah, everything? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, my the co-founder of Conscious Selling and my beloved friend and partner of many years, uh, uh, Frank Garza, his son is the center of the uh, Iowa basketball team in the in the Big Ten. And he's found that this he does this one-minute breath before games. He does the one-minute breath at halftime. He's going to be an All-America this year. He's the leading scorer in the Big Ten. And uh, if you ever watch a basketball game, he's always in the right. He says what the, ten, uh, what the one-minute breath does for him is, you know how athletes sometimes say, yeah, the game is in slow motion for me. And... That's what he claims. He says when he does this, everything slows down. The hoop becomes bigger, you know. He's able oh. to uh, see things. and He has this sixth sense about where the other players are going to go. This is what okay. happens. I got to tell you this. You, I just fell in love with the whole process, deeply in love with it, because my favorite thing about the movie The Matrix, you guys all know that movie, my favorite oh, yeah. thing about that movie is when they make everything go slow and they can anticipate your next move. And that's like my desire in life. I said, I wish, you know, and I'm a, just, I, I know mommyhood. Like I know the back of my hand, I've been doing it for 19 years. And I said, boy, if I could just go back to that, to that split second, when I said what I shouldn't have said and, and made that time slow down so I could actually hear Right. And I could actually check my ego and all of my fears. Right. And be present and then say the real thing that my soul wanted to say instead of letting my ego grab hold of my tongue and just spewing all this fear into the room. Right. And that's what I that this is beautiful stuff that you're saying here. That's what these exercises, that's what every salesperson wants to know how to do. Sit there, be present, slow this whole process down so that you can really hear what's being said 
and what's needed. And you can honestly assess from a place of truth whether or not you're the guy or you're the girl for this service, right? And yes, uh, gosh, we could, we could talk forever. I had a young salesperson the other to say to me, uh, Gurganesha, I, I, I really want to thank you. You've given me the hope that I can both be a good person and be successful in sales. And I said, hallelujah, that's exactly what I'm teaching. In oh, fact, the probability of you being successful is much higher the better person you are. Oh, that is beautiful. And you enjoying your success and living in that place of wholeness, right? That's the whole thing. That's the show, Everyday Peace, that, that place of wholeness. Right. You are a great person. You are a good person. Tap into that. Give that yeah. away. And you could sell anything. I know you're in the big end. You're selling, you know, companies who are going to sell to other companies and then, you know, goes down from there, trickles down to the rest of us. But we have about three minutes left. And I realize that the average person, I'm so fortunate to be here talking to you today, but the average person is not going to do direct business with you. As you said, most of your clients are do, are going business to business sales. But what is the number one thing that you would want a salesperson to know of anything, whether they're selling high tech stuff, whether they're selling, I don't know, people still sell Tupperware, but I used to like Tupperware and whatever, whatever they're selling, what's the number one thing that you would want them to know about how to be successful? I think the more they dive deep within themselves and become their true self, you know, that, that divine self, you know, and the more they're, they're guided by their higher angels and they focus on doing what's right and, and, and being more fully present and coming into a sales call of the mindset, you know, I don't know yet. Until I truly understand what's going on in your world, I'm not going to try to propose that you buy anything yet. And you come in that very humble space, and uh, you'll be amazingly successful, amazingly successful. I love that. We're closing out with Everyday Peace and Dr. Drayvon James and the fantastic Guru Ganesha, who's been sharing with us today conscious selling. Whether you are selling an idea, a product, or just peace, I wish you the absolute best. I absolutely love you all. We'll talk next week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.